You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show, part two of our conversation with Chris Marler of the College Football Uncensored Podcast as we continue to run through the over-under win totals for all the teams in the SEC. Yesterday, we did the top half of the league. Today, we run through the bottom half of the SEC. And also, we recap day three of the SEC tournament games. Only six teams remain. We'll run through those. And the SEC announced game times for the first three weeks of the college football season. We'll highlight some of the ones that stand out. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a reminder, catch all the great Locked On podcasts for the SEC teams, including Locked On Gators, Locked On Vols, Locked On Mizzou, and many, many more. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. And before we get to recapping day three of the SEC tournament over in Hoover, let's talk a little football as the SEC just revealed the kickoff times and broadcast info for the first three weeks of the 2021 season. We already know week one is highlighted by some big matchups, Bama versus Miami at 2.30 Central in Atlanta over on ABC, followed by Georgia and Clemson on ABC that night. You also get LSU at UCLA that night on Fox, and of course, Monday, September 6th, it's Ole Miss versus Louisville on ESPN. And week two... Some interesting times for some of these games. Pitt at Tennessee will be on ESPN, an early 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff. So right when college game day ends, you'll get Pitt at Tennessee. Florida at South Florida will be over on ABC at the same time. Texas A&M versus Colorado up in Denver. That'll be an afternoon game on Fox at 2.30 Central. And then that night, you'll get Texas at Arkansas on ESPN. NC State at Mississippi State will be on ESPN2. And Mizzou at Kentucky will kick off SEC play on the SEC Network. Then in week three, we will get our first CBS game with Alabama in the swamp at Florida, 3.30 Eastern. So that'll be a big one. Mississippi State will be at Memphis that afternoon as well over on ESPN2. And then at night, we get South Carolina at Georgia on ESPN, Tulane at Ole Miss on ESPN2, and a big one, Auburn at Penn State that night on ABC. Stanford at Vandy, that'll be for the rights to be the smartest school in the country. That will air on ESPNU that evening as well. All right, recapping day three of the SEC tournament over in Hoover. We started the day off in the loser's bracket. Mississippi State, well, they get run ruled in eight innings by Tennessee, losing to the Vols 12-2. The Vols jumped out to a 4-0 lead, never looked back. They earned their first win in the SEC tournament since 2007. Balls pitcher Chad Dallas was outstanding on the mound, holding the Bulldogs in just one run on six hits in six and two-third innings of work. Dallas improved to 10-1 and one on the year. He moved it to a tie for 10th on Tennessee's single-season wins list. For the Bulldogs, they were run-ruled for the second straight day to end their stay in Hoover rather quickly, and they were outscored on the week 25-3. Mississippi State, they were projected this week to be a national seed, but now they could get jumped and lose out on a top eight seed. They'll still be a top 16. They'll host a regional, but they could lose out on a potential super regional host because of uh, how dismal they look this week. They're going to be watching very nervously on Monday on the selection show. 
Ole Miss, meanwhile, they eliminated Georgia in the afternoon, beating them 4 to nothing. Ole Miss pitcher Drew McDaniel won a career-high six and two-third innings with no runs allowed on just four hits. His first scoreless start in his career, and he struck out a career-high 11. The Rebels reached 40 wins for the 10th time in program history, the ninth time under Mike Bianco. For Georgia, it was just the third time this season they were shut out. Georgia finishes at 31-25. They now await to see if they will get an at-large bid, but they're in the same boat as the likes of LSU and Alabama's teams hoping for bids. So we'll see if Georgia makes it. Later in the day, the winner's bracket, Florida handled up on Alabama, beating them 7-2. Junior pitcher Franco Alleman was outstanding, going seven innings, five hits, no runs versus Bama. Jacob Young and Nathan Hickey both hit home runs for the Gators. And in the nightcap, three-seed Vandy taking on one-seed Arkansas. Arkansas won this one 6-4. to four. Kumar Rocker, Arkansas bats really got after him. He left after three and a third innings, giving up five earned runs off four hits with four walks. Did have six strikeouts. But the Arkansas bats, man, they continue to be very impressive and also very impressive. The back end of that bullpen, Kevin Copps, my goodness. Three innings pitched, five strikeouts, through 28 pitches, 22 of them for strikes. He is such a weapon out of the back end of that bullpen. I just know this. Whoever has to play Arkansas later uh, throughout the postseason, you better get a lead. Because if Arkansas has got a lead late, Kevin Copps is coming in and pitching multiple innings and shutting you down. So a uh, very impressive win for Arkansas. And so now starting today, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, it'll be Tennessee versus Alabama once again. Uh, this time in an elimination game, the winner will advance to take on Florida on Saturday at noon in the semis. And later this afternoon, it'll be Ole Miss taking on Vanderbilt. The winner will advance to take on Arkansas later Saturday afternoon. So there you have it. Um, just a quick note, LSU softball did get their Super Regional underway last night, losing one to nothing to Florida State. So they now have to bounce back and win the next two if they want to get to the uh, Women's College World Series. And good luck to all the other SEC teams playing today in Super Regionals. We'll recap it all for you on Monday. All right, when we return, part two of our conversation with Chris Marler of the College Football Uncensored podcast. We will continue to run through the over-under win totals for all the teams in the SEC. Today we're doing the bottom half of the league. That's next. Need to remind you guys, bet online the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your sports action. NBA playoffs in full swing. College football win totals. We're talking about them here on the podcast. They are up at their website right now at betonline.ag. Click on their website, sign up today, and as you head over there, do so on your mobile device, your laptop, whatever. When you sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up and you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Click on the little college football tab. You'll see all the futures bets. Yeah, that's win totals. You can bet on what Whatever you think, if you feel like Alabama is going to win over 11 and a half games this year, you can make that wager right now. You don't like it, you think that's too many, bet the under. You can do so at betonline.ag. Before the next NBA playoff game or the next MLB game, if you're an Astros fan, Braves fan, Marlins fan, whatever you want to bet on, it is there for you at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as all these teams are uh, continuing to prep for the playoffs uh, throughout the season. Head to their website right now, betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. 
Roll along here, Locked On SEC, and continue our conversation, part two of our segment with Chris Marler from College Football Uncensored Podcast and Saturday Down South, talking over-under win totals for all the teams in the SEC. Yesterday, we ran through the first half. Today, we continue our conversation running through the second half of the SEC. Uh, Auburn, I was surprised, you know, so much excitement about Brian Harson this offseason, and man, he's bringing in transfers from the transfer portal and all this stuff, but seven wins. Seven wins is the bar, and I'm going, wait, isn't that what you, you just fired Gus because you said eight's not enough. Um, I guess this is, you know, to allow time, leeway to settle in and build his program, but seven wins for, I, I don't know, I, I just... Part of me believes if Bo Nix is an SEC you know, caliber quarterback and he's going to be the guy, then it's got to be an eight-win season at minimum for Auburn. So you're taking the over. I, I, I got to see what, what, the, what the returns are on Bo Nix. Because, look, the, if TJ Finley's going to actually come in there and compete with him, then that's no bueno. Like then that the guy who was the third string at LSU who just got you know left the team is going to come in there and start for you, then you're not an eight-win team. Yeah, so and I, I just like I, I am very I don't know stocks, Chris. Was it bullish or bearish? I don't think Bo Nix is good. <laughs> I, I'll just say that, all right. Um, I, I think that uh, what you said has some merit to it. I, I think that there's talent on this team, and 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 it's hilarious when you brought up the fact that this is exactly what you fired Gus for. And I know it's year one under Harson, but everything after this is you could argue a more is, is a bigger uphill battle than what he's going to face right now. Because the fact that you're, you're talking about, they returned 16 starters. Okay. According to this magazine, I'm looking at right now for the first time. So if they <laughs> return 16 starters and nine on defense, but you know, what you don't return on defense. You don't return Kevin Steele Cause that whole situation was hilariously uh, botched. And then you return seven on offense, but you, but you don't return a single receiver that started last year. And I think that's a big deal because Bo Nix the fact that you even said like, well, I got to see what Bo Nix is. We know what Bo Nix is, man. We like, (laughs) no, no improvement. Just no room for improvement. There's definitely room for improvement (laughs) because it's the same as Florida's LSU's defense, that level of improvement. He's, he is, in my opinion, he will never be above middle of the road SEC quarterback. And, and, and I, I think that like year three, like, listen, like, as somebody that that played like not D one football <laughs> but played college sports, there's a huge growth. There's a huge growth between like I think that's when I felt like I was starting to peak and really get it. Was like the third year of, of school, and maybe that's what happens for Bo. Like it, like I would assume he would be. Are you watching this game? Um, <laughs> he made me do this to the SEC tournament. There's all the excitements happening. Um, no, but I, I think that there's, Alabama there's, leading uh, by the way in the in the eleventh. Don't jinx it. Um, there, there, there's there's definitely room for improvement, but it's it's really because of how bad he's been. It, the the positive I'll say from him is if TJ Finley beats him out, you got a big problem on your hands. Cause that's, that means that he was not good enough as a former five-star and the, the crappy Rogers brother uh, or Carl Palmer brother said he was going to be a uh, first round or number one overall pick or whatever. <laughs> um, I, you know, that, if that doesn't come to fruition, I, I, I think you got problems on your hand, but at the same time, he's never had any kind of competition since the first semester of his college career, like, you know, well before the season started. And that's when he had Joey Gatewood and Malik, Malik Willis on um, on the roster with him. And Malik Willis leaves that summer. Joey Gatewood tr- announced he's transferring in October. And since then, like, who's going to beat him out? Cord Sandberg? No. <laughs> like, so I think that the fact that you have some level of competition can only help him improve. 
I just don't think he's physically talented enough from, especially from an accuracy standpoint to, to do much in this league. I think you sold me. I think I'm going to go under seven wins for Auburn just because, and I, I think Brian Hartson could be a good coach. I think Derek Mason can be a good DC. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't have faith in Mike Bobo as the OC. So that no, no, <laughs> no with with Bo Nix, you know, like those two are yeah. negatives to me. So I'm going to go under. Uh, how about Kentucky six and a half? I feel like Mark Stoops is always like Rodney Dangerfield. I don't get any like I get no respect. And like the dude goes out, and gets all these guys drafted, and it's like, yeah, we still think Kentucky's going to suck. Like, what's the deal with Kentucky? I'm taking the over. I think they get the seven. I completely agree. And I honestly, I think that we, people have made this hot take before. And I think Kentucky has a chance to, to really, um, and this is not because I'm thumbing through the magazine right now. It's, it's just because I really think that Kentucky this, this year, even more than 2018, I think they have a chance to, to be second in the SC East. I, I really do. I, I think that they return enough talent. Uh, I think the schedule lines up well enough for them. Like here, here's a fun fact for you. This is from the magazine. Okay. Um, UK faces two teams. ULM and Vanderbilt that went winless last year, their entire season, like like losing Monroe, Vandy are on the schedule, both of them winless last year. The and they face another in New Mexico State that canceled the season altogether. It's it's odd that that like six and a half. I just feel like is it like in other years, sure, I get it. But when you return a guy like Chris Rodriguez, um at, at what do you call it, at, at running back, when you have a guy like Joey Gatewood at quarterback and whoever ends up winning that competition. You talk about the 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 NFL draft picks, and and we can praise Mark Stoops for so many things, and the way he's developed NFL talent. Um, the last three years, I believe, he's had thirteen players drafted. Uh, I believe that's accurate, and and it's and that's more than the previous, I think, eight years combined or something like that. Um, that were at that at the university. So like that, he's done incredible things, especially recently over the past couple of years. But his his recruiting has gone you know, unnoticed even more than, than the developing of talent. Like that's a talented roster. Finally, they, they finally brought in, you know, a, a handful of four stars, which is more than they've had before. I, I, I think they're well over six and a half. Yeah. And Liam Cohen's finally going to take them into the 21st century and show them what it's like to have a, an offense that actually, you know, throws the ball forward. The forward <laughs> pass. An actual so. quote. We know how to pass the ball. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I, awesome. And welcome to 1926. And, and Wandale Robinson coming over from the cornfields in Nebraska. I think he'll be the, uh, He's going to turn some heads in the SEC this year, certainly. Huge. Yeah. All right. Continue our conversation with uh, Chris Marler of the College Football Uncensored uh, podcast. And Marler, we get to the back half of the teams in the SEC, and this is where it gets ugly. But I think there's real value here, according to the uh, lines from betonline.ag. Tennessee at six. Josh Heupel basically telling, like, they're telling him all the pressure is off, Josh. All you got to do is win six games. Just be mediocre, be 500, and you will have achieved success. Is Tennessee good enough? Do they have enough talent to even get the six wins? No. No, I was shocked <laughs> when I saw this. It's six, like, for real. Like you're, so you're saying that Tennessee is going to be a bowl team this year. I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't see it. Like, it, it's not It's not necessarily they should have some talent on that offensive line still. Um, they should have some talent just in the way they've recruited, uh, you know, the past couple of years. But then here's the thing, man. Like we did a we did a graphic on this not like probably about two two months ago, and the numbers are even worse now. Tennessee led the the country and definitely the SEC in players that entered the transfer portal. And it, like at the time I made the graphic, it was like 25 people, and it's over 30 now. So, you know, I, I just feel like you have this mass exodus and a new coach who's never been at this level. You're gonna see 
a, a team that does not win six wins, but they will have a better brand of football that I think in the situation that this program is in, in the long run, will be will be better received yeah. um, for that fan base. You just, know what I mean? Just, and and just I think say it's that, honestly a health. Just say quarterback play will be better and they'll actually be fun to watch because Tennessee's been right. really fun to watch the last few years. They've been, we we joke around about, about Kentucky being awful and, and not wanting to pass the ball or, th- or throw the football, but my God, watching it, 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 it's not, it shouldn't be lost on any of us that Jared Garantano left to go to Washington State and his very first pass attempt as a Washington State Cougar in the spring game was an interception, <laughs> okay? So, like, like for real. So, I think that Tennessee, you're going to see much more improved um, offense. And I think I think that Hypel just, bro, gets a four wins. Um, five, I think, would be incredible, but you're going to be in a situation where – it's much like it's it's a lot like the Arkansas situation that Sam Pittman walked into. The person that was there ahead of you, he did such a bad job, and 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 took the program to such a low that was so frustrating that you, I don't even think you want to, dude. If you get to five wins with a couple of games to go, you better lose on purpose because you don't want to set the expectations too high. Just have something to build on, and I think I think that the uh, and I'm obviously kidding when I say that, but like I think I think five wins is probably the ceiling here. And I think that's a good thing for that program. Bless his heart. Uh, next up, Mi- Mississippi State. This is where, like, okay, like Mike Leach, it wasn't pretty last year in, in, in his first year. Like, obviously, the big monumental win at LSU in week one, and then it was kind of like all downhill from there. But I still think five and a half is a little bit disrespectful because, he's you know, he's got an actual good quarterback battle on his hands. The defense figures to be a little bit better. So, like I feel like Mississippi State, Mike Leach, six wins and a bowl game is like that. They should at least be able to get to six. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a tricky schedule because um, not only are you in the SEC East, um, there's just so, like the, the non-con. Like how how is that at Memphis or that game at Memphis going to play out? Yeah. NC State, like what like what are they going to look like? That's a tough non-conference. It is. It, like you know, it, you could argue it's tougher than besides maybe Georgia. Um, it might be tougher than any other uh, non-con schedule in, in the SEC. But I think, like you said, when you talk about having a, a, a good quarterback situation there, and, and they returned, that defense was good last year. I, I think that defense led the SEC um, in a couple of, like, major categories. I think, like, you know, yards per carry and, like, rushing defense, or maybe it was yards per game rushing defense. I don't know off the top of my head. But they returned 16 starters, eight on offense, eight on defense. I think that's great. And then a stat that I keep going back to with Mike Leach, in year two of his of his system at the places like the stops he's been at before you see an uptick uh, in points per game of around eight points per game. That's huge, right? Like that, that's, that's a full touchdown per game. And I think that, you know, they had some blowout losses last year. Sure. But I think that his, his scheme is as close to, you know, like a triple option type scheme that we're going to see in college football nowadays. And it, obviously it's throwing the ball. So in year two, I think that they definitely improve, man. Like, they have a difficult schedule, but it's manageable to get to six. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I just think you, you get Vandy and Kentucky in the East. Uh, Mike Leach, like if he does, I'll say this, if he does not get the five and a half wins and it's under, Mike Leach is done in the SEC. I feel like the Bulldogs are moving on from him going, dude, it, we, we wanted to try it. It didn't work out. Like take your, take your high-flying offense uh, back to the Pac-12 and go dominate there. More with Chris Marler right after this. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a fan of the Built Bar, 
They're definitely passionate about what their favorite is. If you don't know right now, the Built Bar flavors include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. We covered them all. There's something for everyone. My favorite has been the mint brownie for some time, but I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm not you know, going to hate on some of the other flavors. The raspberry is really good. The double chocolate, also really good. If you haven't tried all the flavors, I recommend you can get a mixed box at BuiltBar.com where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Go to their website right now, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 17 grams of protein packed into just about every bar, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Why would you not try them out? Go to BuiltBar.com right now, try them today, and you will not regret it. All right, final segment here on Locked on SEC, continuing our conversation with Chris Marler, breaking down the over-under win totals for the SEC football teams this year based on the betonline.ag odds. Uh, all right, bottom of the barrel, scraping the barrel, Arkansas at five and a half. Man, like all the goodwill about Sam Pittman in year one, and you go back and look at it and go, they still didn't win a lot of games. You do get a home, a, a monster game in week two, a home game against Texas and Steve Sarkeesian, but five and a half for Arkansas, my, my lean says over, but man, when I look at what they did last year, they didn't win a lot of games last year. Are they going to take that next step forward this year? Yeah, man, like this is, they got screwed by Vegas. <laughs> like they, a five and a half is, I, I would have loved this at four and a half. I really would have. Um, Cause you could make the argument last year that Arkansas had a minimum two games taken away from them because of refs. Um, five and a half is a little bit too much for me. I think that they're like a program that's on the rise, but I, you know, it's like you said, I don't know if what, like, cause what we saw last year, like you have to, at, at the end of the day, you still got to be a results guy, right? Like you still you still have to look at the the actual numbers, not that like reflect what happened on that scoreboard. And at the end of the day, I don't know if Arkansas is a is a bowl team this year. I think the, I think that Pittman is the answer in the long term. But in the in the toughest conference and division, it's the toughest division in the in the in the country. I just have a hard time thinking they're going to get to to six wins. But well, let's say this: Rice, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. And Georgia Southern should all be three wins. Now, Georgia Southern's a pretty good team, but I think they I think they win all three of those. So then all you got to do is find three more wins, right? Where are you finding them? Because that's, I mean, they could Missouri. beat. I brought up earlier, they, they could beat Missouri, possibly. They, could beat, all, they can beat Auburn. They they could beat Auburn. Uh, that's a home game. Um, and then maybe it's a little added juice to that. And they, they do return 17 starters. Yeah. So I like that as the well. The defense is but I just, great. I don't, yeah. I, I, and Traylon Burks is. I hope he is finally the the he gets the attention he deserves. I just don't know that that schedule is still very difficult because you you could also make the argument they jumped up and got a few wins last year they shouldn't have got that old miss game with six interceptions. Um, you know, the win on the road at Mississippi State was kind of odd to watch. I I, I think it'll be interesting to see how the team looks. I, I think that this this team itself will definitely be put on the backs of Barry Odom and that defense. Um, and, and they'll, they'll kind of go as the, as the defense goes, but that, yeah, that's five and a half just, and maybe this is just PTSD from the Chad Morris era, but that seems like a lot. 
road trips at Georgia and Alabama. Thanks a lot, SEC office. Good Lord. Yeah, terrible. Uh, all right, last two. South Carolina, first year, uh, four wins for Shane Beamer. Can he get to four? That seems low, right? I, I feel like Shane Beamer is being disrespected more than any coach in the country, and I don't know why. Um, you know, like there was, I forgot which magazine it was that I was looking at the other day. They ranked their coach as Athlon. They, they were ranking the, the SC coaches one through 14 and they had him behind Clark Lee for some reason, which I felt like felt like was kind of an insult. Wow. Um, I'm going to take the over. I think, I think there's enough talent, especially on that defense for them to get to four wins. I think that's incredibly low at, at the worst. I think they push there. Um, you get and the, you what, Kevin Harris, like the leading rusher in the SEC from a year ago. He wasn't even supposed to start last year. Like you get Marshawn Lloyd back from injury as ACL, who's who was who was the guy that came in last year as a true freshman out of Delaware. Nobody recruits Delaware like like South Carolina. <laughs> um, but like they, they used to come in and start right away, and he tears his ACL. I, I think that um, they're going to have a little bit more talent than we than people are expecting on on that defensive line. Should be one of the best in the SEC. Like like bookmark that because it, it might sound crazy, but they have. A lot. Of, they get two five stars on there, and a kid that is a returning sack leader in the SEC off the edge. I, I think that they could be the best. They could have the deepest backfield potentially besides Georgia in the SEC, and I think they, they might have the best defensive line in the SEC. You know, hands down. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go over there. You win three your non conference games, and you beat Vandy. That gets you to four right there. All right, and Vandy is last. They were at three wins. Um, Clark Lee's really got his work cut out for him. I did like the uh, the the little quarterback, not not Ken Seals, but the other one in the spring game. That kid was fun to watch. He was making plays. That uh, I've been told by a couple different guys, Vandy's receiving core very underrated. Like they, they said, those, yeah. those are some guys to watch. That said, I just don't have faith that they have enough talent on the roster to win uh, a whole lot of games. But can they get to four? I think they can win over the three, right? They went winless last year. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't, I don't, that seems like a lot. I don't, I don't know if they can get to four. That's just, that just seems like a, they're not a team that I, I believe yet is going to jump up and get somebody. I, I think, I think three might even be a little, I mean, they, they open up with East Tennessee state. Um, I, I'm, trying, I'm at a loss for even who else is on the non-con. I just think oh, they get, they go, a bit, or, they're at Colorado State. That's winnable. Home for Stanford. Who the hell scheduled that one? Like, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, that's a loss. <laughs> and, and then they get and then they get UConn, who I didn't even know was still playing football. So still in those Aeropostale jerseys. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I I think three. Hearing you say it back, three is the, the ceiling for that. I, I don't know if that team is good enough to go out there. Colorado State beat Arkansas two years ago. You know, and I know it's a different coach down all that kind of stuff, but. I'm taking the under. I think he Clark Lee has a lot of work to do with that program. But I, you, you brought it up. This is the only point about Vandy that I would be able to make at this point of where they are as a program. But um, that that receiving core is going to be really, really good. And, and not like especially in year two, what Clark Lee's done as a coach and bringing in all these guys um, as on his coaching staff that have NFL experience. And like like the receiving the receiving coach or receivers coach. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. But he was just at at Arizona, like, like with the Arizona Cardinals playing with like, you know, new Hopkins and all that kind of stuff and, and, and having some really talented uh, receivers under him already. And also knowing what it takes to get to the NFL. I, I love that aspect of what Clark Lee's building. I just, I just think that it's, it's going to take a minute in that, that town, but, but like, I mean, have you ever been drunk in Nashville? I'm not saying that's what, <laughs> what they should be doing. I, I just like, it's like a student athlete, but I mean, like, why are not, why are more people not taking official visits at least to Vandy 
and Hawaii while we're at it. And I just feel like like if we're getting a free trip, why would you not go to Nashville well, I, uh, I, at the very least? I know the Hawaii answer because my buddy brought it up years ago because he was getting recruited by, and they changed the rules and said you can't come out here unless we've offered you already. Like unless there was like a real firm, basically like I think you had to have given like a verbal commitment. Then they then they allowed oh, you really? to come, yeah, because they're like we know that your tricks. It's hella, yeah, this, this hella economy, expensive. It. To, <laughs> hella expensive to fly your ass out here to the islands and then pay like nine hundred dollars a night for a hotel room for you. So thanks a lot, Bin Laden. You ruined the entire thing. It's yeah, tough. Uh, uh, no, I, I think I think you're right about that though. It's um, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize. I thought I was smarter than the system. Never am. David Raya, by the way, is the uh, wide receivers coach. Also, my buddy Earl Bennett, who uh, former uh, SEC receiver, NFL receiver. He's now there in like a um, you know, at, like. I don't know what his role is. He's like on the staff at Vanderbilt, but Earl's a good dude. He's going to bring some uh, some pride for that program. I've had to talk to Earl the last few years. He's like, man, so there's no pride in that program. Nobody even goes to the games. So good to have Earl back with uh, Vanderbilt. I think he's going to help uh, get them back on the right track. All right, Chris Marler, the podcast is uh, College Football Uncensored. What are you guys talking about this week on the pod? Um, so we have a mailbag coming up on Sunday, but the latest one we did, we actually got into the, the SEC coaches or head coaches rankings, which is a lot of fun. We broke down the Bo Nix stuff um, even more in depth than we did here uh, and went on and on about him and versus TJ Finley. And then my favorite thing is like, you know, if anybody that, that has ever talked to me and, or follows me on Twitter could probably guess not the most serious uh, person in the world, not a big J journalist, but so we, we definitely discussed where we think the the ideal vacation spot is for each SEC head coach. Um, and we had a lot of fun with that. So y'all, y'all give it a listen. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Sat- of course, uh, College Football Uncensored is the podcast. Saturday Down South is the website where um, you can find all- – you still write for them or what? No, no. Uh, <laughs> you've seen me try to make memes. You know how, how many typos I get. Um, you know, ADD does not really play well for that. I, so I'm strictly doing the podcast and then running social media and, and, and being the engagement editor. So so basically, instead of writing, my job is to, like, you know, they always tell you, don't read the comments. That's my actual career right now. It's just reading the comments on, on the Internet, and that's why I have a therapist. They were like, Chris, we asked you to write 1,500 words on college football. You wrote 300. Thanks. Yeah, and half of them were misspelled. I don't even know. How, like, do you know what there means? Absolutely not. Chris Marler, love it. Great stuff as always. Thanks, man. Of course, dude. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks again to Chris Marler for joining us the last two days, breaking down all the over-under odds based on the betonline.ag props on over-unders for all the SEC team win totals gonna be a fun weekend watching the rest of the sec tournament out in hoover we'll recap it all for you on monday make sure to subscribe give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts and i really appreciate you guys for listening we'll talk to you guys on monday A quick reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.